Common sense is not so common. And in an era where global uncertainty is rampant and government is out of control, this is the show making sense of all the madness. Broadcasting live from the Arizona desert, you can't dodge the Hodge. Here's your host, Dave Hodges. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Hodges. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And we have, for two hours, ex-clandestine decorated officer of the CIA, well-known political, I don't hate to call him an activist, let's say analyst and advisor, Robert David Steele. And he's going to be with us in both hours number one. In hour number two, it's going to be a terrific encounter. We're on the opposite side of a couple of different issues, so you're going to get to see a point, counterpoint. Well, anyway, let me tell you, we're brought to you by preparewithdave.com. What's that? The best and most inexpensive storable food in the world. Preparewithdave.com. If you don't have six months, you really need two years. No glyphosates, no GMOs, 70% off preparewithdave.com. We're also brought to you by Virtual Shield. If the Democrats ever fully take over, you won't be persecuted for where you go on the net, you'll be prosecuted. Virtual Shield can erase that and they can do it inexpensively. I don't even know how they make money and they have sales on top of that. Go to hidewithdave.com. Well, Robert David Steele needs no introduction to our audience. Robert is well known for his political views. He travels in the media a lot. And we're really pleased and privileged to have him on. Robert, thanks for joining us during this real critical time. Well, let me let me point out that I do think of myself as an activist, and I also am censored. I am banned from Fox News as well as the mainstream media. And of course, I have a federal lawsuit against Google Gestapo. So it's only alternative media free thinkers like yourself that are uh, giving me voice. And for that, I thank you. Well, we're here to get to the truth. That is our only agenda on this show. And we're beholding to no corporate sponsors. So that being said, are you able to talk about your lawsuit with Google? That's newsworthy in itself. Well, it's Google Gestapo. And um, I can't talk about the lawsuit, but I can sketch out the general uh, framework of Google Gestapo, uh, which includes uh, Amazon, uh, Facebook, uh, Google, Meetup, Twitter, and YouTube, and then some lesser others. This lawsuit is against just one small um, uh, section of individuals that uh, that defamed me in 90, 90 videos accusing me of charity fraud. And they'll get their day in court, and uh, and I'm not going to litigate that case in the social media. I but I did write, I did write, and I'd love for your readers, your listeners to, to look at it. I did write an article on hashtag Google Gestapo, and they can just use tinyurl.com forward slash Google Gestapo. And what they will find is the six different ways in which the Zionists controlling the elements of Google Gestapo attack Cynthia McKinney, myself, and hashtag unrig the election reform project. They attacked us six ways in 90 days because they were absolutely terrified that the, by the concept that we might actually be able to create an election reform that leads to an honest Congress that is not beholden to the Zionists. When you say Zionists, how do you define that term? I'm very glad that you asked that because I'm the single most successful 
articulator of the difference between Zionists and Jews. Zionists evil, Jews good. Uh, the Zionists are essentially the criminal state, the Benjamin Netanyahu criminal management of the state of Israel, which has gotten so bad that Haratz, one of the greatest journals in Israel, has said, is it time for all Jews to boycott Israel? And I think Haratz and, and myself are on the same page. All Jews, all Christians, all Muslims are outraged by the genocide and the atrocities that the Zionist criminal state of Israel is, is carrying out against the Palestinians, and all loyal outraged at the degree to which the Zionists control the U.S. economy, the U.S. government, and U.S. society. And I'll just end this short bit, give you a chance to ask another question, by saying that there's a wonderful film that's banned on YouTube, because YouTube's uh, trusted flagger is the Anti-Defamation League. The Anti-Defamation League is the Zionist secret police here in the United States. And this um, video called uh, God's Chosen People is available on BitChute, which, like yourself, is totally honest and cannot be censored. And there's a section there at minute number five where former Congressman James Traficante is on Fox News and he's talking about how the Zionists, not the Jews, the Zionists, control every member of Congress with blackmail, bribery, and lies. And Sean Hannity goes nuts. Sean Hannity immediately starts spieling out, oh, this is anti-Semitism, whatever. My conclusion, Sean Hannity works for the Zionists. He's afraid of the Zionists. Fox News is not our friend. Well... I've concluded that. They're the, um, shall we say, controlled opposition was how I characterize Fox. Exactly so, right. I, I talk to people in Fox. There's a few there that I think would like to see real change, but they understand and they see the masquerading that goes on because they go, well, that'll fly, Dave. That won't fly. And, oh, uh, I agree. And then Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson are the two people I would rescue if I could ever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. either replace Fox or take Fox over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've talked to people connected to them at Fox. And uh, they were some, there was some interest at one time in having me talk to them, mm -hmm. but uh, the powers that be would have none of Dave Hodges. So yeah, no, no, no. Fox is Fox is uh, is a right wing version of MSNBC. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree totally. That's a great parallel where they control both ends of the dialogue. Um, you said something about Cynthia McKinney, and it really piques my interest because then I want to take a right turn and go to Alan West. And I want to reference something that you may or may not be familiar with. Trevor Loudon's work, and, uh, and I'm paralleling the allegations made somewhat by Cynthia and more by Alan West, former Congressman Alan West. Members of Congress on the Democratic side belonging to front groups closely associated with the Muslim Brotherhood and with the American Communist Party. Mm -hmm. And this comes out of Trevor Loudon's work, Enemies Within. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. I've just looked them up on the Internet. <clears throat> I think you should be more concerned about members of Congress, regardless of what group they belong to or what they're saying public. All of them, with the exception of Cynthia McKinney and perhaps Rand Paul, have taken the loyalty oath to the Zionist state of Israel. Mm -hmm. All of them are loyal to Israel. There is actually a member, there's, there's a law in front of Congress which makes it illegal, it makes it a felony to criticize Israel, to call for a boycott of Israel. Every single senator and every single representative that has co-sponsored that bill should be run out of office. I agree. I mean, either you're an American or you're not. 
That's exactly right. And, you know, we, we, we're going to talk about Roger Stone. One of the things that really strikes me is the degree to which people like uh, Chuck Schumer and Debbie Wasserman Schultz and John Brennan and John Podesta, they're all agents of a foreign power, the Zionist state of Israel. And yet they are allowed to get away with it. Whereas um, small fry like uh, Paul Manafort and, and others are just absolutely destroyed. I want to know where are all of the indictments against Hillary Clinton and John Brennan and John Podesta? Well, this is going to take us down a side alley, but I have an answer for you. And I, I know we're probably going to end up on both opposite sides of the street on this. I'm that's listening. Okay. That's okay, because that's why I want you on the show. People need a balanced view. I look at Trump's tweet where he identifies those very people you talk about and says, why aren't they going after them? Uh, and he was referencing the Roger Stone arrest as a comparison. Right. And my, and I wrote this in an article today where I said very clearly, excuse me, the DOJ is under the control of the president, as is the FBI. Why is he seemingly in this tweet acquiescing authority to those institutions? And I'll go one level above this. Nancy Pelosi, as Speaker of the House, did not have the right to cancel the State of the Union. The government shutdown has nothing to do with communicating with the American people in a tradition called the State of the Union. He should have marched in there with federal marshals and arrested her for obstruction of a federal activity if she got in the way. I mean, we should have had well, the State me, of the Union no matter Well, let me give you two. Dave, Dave, let me give you two answers. And the first one, I'll hark back to John F. Kennedy and Arthur Schlesinger. And Kennedy was furious during the missile crisis because he had ordered American missiles taken out of Turkey and he had been disobeyed by the Pentagon, which was busy trying to start World War III. And Arthur Schlesinger said to Kennedy when Kennedy asked, why aren't people obeying my orders? And he said, Mr. President, lest you think you control the U.S. government, the issue is still being discussed or something along those lines. Donald Trump does not have the degree of power over the Department of Justice or any other element of the U.S. government um, that, uh, that people think. And I really want to emphasize that one of the reasons he doesn't have this power is because Jared Kushner, who is clearly an agent of a foreign power and should never have received security clearances. In fact, my CIA colleagues very properly uh, refused to give Jared Kushner clearances and they were overruled uh, by General Kelly and, and um, presumably with the influence of the president, a huge mistake. Uh, Jared Kushner and Ivanka uh, Trump should not be in the White House. But um, Going back here, Trump was, was derailed because Jared Kushner destroyed Governor Chris Christie's effort to create a transition uh, team, and the Office of Presidential Personnel was taken over by the Boner Group. And basically, the Office of Presidential Personnel has been betraying Donald Trump since day one. Even though the head of the Office of Personnel, uh, Presidential Personnel has done a great job of sucking up to Trump, what he's actually been doing is sabotaging the Trump administration by putting establishment Republicans, deep state Republicans, into positions of power and then putting enough of the Trump people into power, but he's taking the worst of the Trump people, the doormen and the bus drivers, and putting them into positions of responsibility where they simply make the president look stupid. Donald Trump does not control the Office of Presidential Personnel. He didn't have a transition team. All of this can be blamed on Jared Kushner. The bottom line here is Trump has not got all the tools that he needs to move the U.S. government. 
Now, on a positive side, I think he does have a cadre of military people um, and and some national security professionals, and I do not count John Bolton, who is himself an Israeli dual citizen and an agent of a foreign power. Uh, I think Trump has some magic, and we can talk about that uh, later. Um, now, I forget. I'm sorry. I forget my second point. I, I, I babbled here for a minute. And I apologize, Dave. It was good babbling. <laughs> it, was, it was very timely, very good. But um, I can only speculate. But I, with the DOJ, let me tell you how I've had it explained to me. And, Hello? And, yeah, can you hear me okay? Um, okay, we just had a cutout. Sorry about that. Um, no worries. My, back I, on, I, yeah, the, uh, the, my sound meter says we're back. Yeah, we had a brief cutout. It could be because this is internet-based and we had a little lull, and it could be we're about ready to get attacked, and that's happened before. You know, as an aside, I'll share with you. I had um, dinner the other night with Shauna Cox. What a beautiful person. We spent many hours speaking about uh, what happened, and I was interviewing Ammon Bundy on my radio show live and mm-hmm. they took down both of our satellites independently of each other. They in, work op, operate independently. The live stream was taken down, as was the listen by phone. It was, and the phone system didn't even work. And uh, that's fascinating yeah. because uh, my website today, Phi Beta Iota, has been under enormous attack. But I have uh, basically bulletproofed the website in the last uh, in the last two months. But I'm now seeing that Google Gmail is is uh, leading to emails that are being blocked without the user knowing it. And Sarah Westhall, a business professor that runs a great series, and myself and several others, we're starting to see that we're being we're basically being shadow banned and inconvenienced. And emails that we send out are being blocked by the Gmail controlled spam machine. And this goes back to something I noticed in the early 1990s. The Zionists have learned how to use spam control as a way to censor their critics. And so if you're a Zionist critic, you will find that you're labeled spam in the email systems. You'll also find that you're being reported by Zionist trolls as a pornographic website which actually happened to us. It's one of the six ways we were attacked. And Kaspersky and Norton were were treating us as a pornographic website. Once I filed the federal lawsuit and announced my intent to file other lawsuits, that cleared up. But you cannot overstate the degree to which the Zionists control the American communications and computing system. We can talk about that a little bit if you wish. I was the one who wrote the first warning letter to the White House in 1994, and that letter is still available online. Well, that is absolutely fascinating. I just, uh, and for those who are just tuning in and you heard um, Robert use the term Zionism, he clearly delineated at the top, Zionism has nothing to do with Jewish people, has to do with people who, let's say, are renegades, want to break the law, control other countries, buy off other nations' politicians. And uh, we, we clearly delineated that. So save your letters. Uh, the Jew, the Gmail situation, I've experienced it too. Dave, did you get my email? No, I'm going through here. It's not even in spam, and they just eliminate it. Yes, yes. This is this is really quite interesting, and I've been trying for some time now to get the Department of Justice to do a a RICO, a racketeering investigation against. I mean, Amazon is banning books, reviewers, and reviews. 
I'm, I was the top Amazon reviewer for nonfiction until I removed all 2,500 of my reviews from Amazon. They can now be accessed through robertdavidsteel.com or, or phibetiota.net. But Amazon, Facebook, I mean, Facebook, half of Facebook's uh, accounts are false, yeah, I saw that. which means that Facebook has been committing fraud. The Facebook market evaluation is fraudulent. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg should be in, a, in an orange uh, jumpsuit facing charges for massive, massive multi-billion dollar fraud. He's also approved so-called friendly uh, fraud in which the Facebook games were set up so that kids could charge up to $6,000 and then Facebook was refusing to refund the money to parents. So from where I sit, Amazon, Facebook, Google, Meetup, which has 1,087 uh, hashtag resist meetups that are the fees are waived and Meetup canceled, no doubt at the direction of the Anti-Defamation League, Meetup canceled Cynthia McKinney's and my $77,000 paid Meetup network with one Meetup in each congressional district. They canceled it without due process because we were pro-Trump and we were pro-election reform and, and integrity. Um, and then, of course, you have um, Twitter, which is totally destroying the president's reach and, and perverting uh, uh, everybody who, who matters. I mean, they, they in one week, they canceled not only Roger Stone, they also canceled Charlie Peach, a black activist woman on the progressive side. Anybody who questions the official narrative whether progressive or conservative is being shadow banned or otherwise digitally assassinated by what I call hashtag Google Gestapo. And then finally you have YouTube, which has deleted hundreds of uh, conservative channels, including Victorus Libertas, one of my favorites, uh, Mike Adams, The National News, uh, Alex Jones, who's got his own issues, but he's the original, and I salute him for being the, the really first true great practitioner of alternative media. So all of these people need to be brought to justice, and I'm curious and concerned that President Trump has not grabbed them all by the balls and squeezed hard. You know, let me share this with you, and I don't think I've ever talked to you about this. I'm in the company of Doug Hagman and Joe Hagman of Branson, Missouri, at Steve Quayle's event at Branson, September, I think the date was 15th. We are in communication on speakerphone to someone who has access to the president on a regular basis. Confirmed, know it, third parties know it. And I told him I was growing impatient with the president for not taking on the social media censorship. I said, here we are, the middle of September, the prime the the election is less than seven weeks away and he's done nothing to help conservative cause by freeing up social media and i walked him through all the laws open forum laws antitrust legislation and title seven discrimination everything everything and this conversation was 45 minutes long doug and joe have actually talked about this on their show they said we were witness to dave hodges doing this well the guy took notes and Four days later, Trump came out with a message, and he said, social media, stop censoring. We're coming after you. We're investigating. And since that day, it's been crickets chirping. You know, it's funny you say that. First off, let me give a shout out to Hagman and Hagman, because they were, together with Victorus Libertas, the two channels that got me started as a voice being heard in the alternative media. Um 
and and I'm very very respectful of of their work. Um, I think a lot of the problem is that Trump is literally carrying this entire load all by himself. I think his communication staff stinks. I cannot exaggerate my contempt and disdain for Trump's communication staff. Um, and that includes both the people dealing with broadcast media and the people dealing with his website, which is a piece of crap. Um, it's just astonishing to me. The president is literally carrying the whole load by himself. And as a result, when he gives orders, those orders can be buried. I mean, we, we even have the situation where the, the Secretary uh, of Commerce, I think it was, very proudly said he was stealing memos off the president's desk to keep mm -hmm. him from reading them. Um, and this particular memo that was stolen was, was separating from Korea on some things. And the last line of the memo said, we're prepared to negotiate. And that's what everybody misses, is that everything Donald Trump does is part of the art of the deal. And he's just building leverage and pressure. So I'm really concerned that Trump's staff sucks. Uh, as long as he has Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump wreaking havoc within the White House, he is not going to be um, working at his full potential, in my humble opinion. Do you trust Judge Janine? Uh, the short answer is I don't know her. Uh, I don't watch her. Uh, let me just say that I don't trust Fox News and that within Fox News, the only three people I'd be willing to give a break are Judge Napolitano, uh, Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram. OK, you you allowed me <laughs> the preemption to ask the next question. And because I was going to ask it through Judge Janine's eyes, but let's do it through Napolitano. Um, Trump knows he's invaded. He's got to know how he's been betrayed. Why not go to someone like that and say, you're my attorney general? Well, it's funny you say that because um, I, I want to answer that at two levels. First off, I, I think uh, Judge Napolitano would eventually be a great Supreme Court justice. Um, but part of the problem we have in America is that most of our students are graduating from college stupid. Uh, they can't even identify the three branches of government, and too many of them think that uh, these judges on TV are members of the Supreme Court. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, you and, caught and, and me off me, guard with that one. Yeah, and let me make another point here because I think I, I, I God love our president, but he can be impetuous and he does make mistakes. He seems to have this real thing with female broadcasters. And he's just appointed someone to be the ambassador to the UN who knows nothing at all about diplomacy or world history or anything like that. Sure. And in fact, when she was at the State Department after the announcement, someone asked her, they said, well, listen, can you name two significant things having to do between the US and Germany? And she said, oh, yes, the Marshall Plan and D-Day. Oh, my gosh. No. I don't no. stuff up. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. All right. So so let me say to you, I think that, that President Trump is is potentially the greatest president in modern history. I describe him as an iceberg. There's only a little bit that you're seeing. People are not seeing all of the indictments and, and things that are that are going on behind the scenes, the, the economic transformation behind the moves that I hope for a gold back dollar, the nationalization of the Federal Reserve, the end of the federal income tax replaced by an automated payment transaction tax, the trillion dollars coming into the weeks, hopefully, if everything works out. I mean, I, I think he is doing some absolutely incredible things and a tip of the hat to the Washington Examiner, which is the only 
media outlet in the United States that has published a list of over 200 Donald Trump successes. Washington Examiner. Washington Times has uh, flipped over and, and, and it's got its legs in the air. It's dead. Uh, oh, hats off to them. But Trump, I, I really think Trump allowed Jared Kushner to destroy him from within. Um, I give a lot of credit to Governor Christie. I've ordered his book. I'm looking forward to reading it. I absolutely believe that Governor Christie would have created a tremendous transition team, would have ensured that the Office of Presidential Personnel was loyal to the Trump. I mean, most of Trump's political positions haven't been filled. And the ones that have been filled have been filled by questionable people who are not the president's friends. Um, so Trump is is literally almost in isolation within his own government. And this really troubles me because there are so many of us that applied to the Office of Presidential Personnel to help the president. And we've all been blackballed precisely because we're anti-establishment. You know, you say anti-establishment, and I, I want to address that for a second. I think anti-establishment is anti-constitution. I think they flipped the term on us to make us look like we're rogue. That's a good point. I'm certainly pro-constitution. In fact, I've published, I've published an item at Phi Beta Iota, which has been uh, noticed a few places on on which of the elements of the Constitution and its amendments I would double down on, such as the first and the second. I would revise and I would cancel. And among the the elements of the cons of the amendments that I would cancel, the sixteenth and the and the seventeenth. Reserve the income tax and senators being elected by the public are totally, totally against the original intent of the founders. Can you say that last part again? I want to make sure I understood it. Sure. Um, the Sixteenth Amendment, I think, if I recall correctly, deals with the the Federal Reserve, which is not federal. It's not reserve. It's basically a private banking cabal that destroys the United States of America from within. And the federal income tax should never have been authorized. What should be happening is that the states should be funding the federal government as a service of common concern. Taxes should be collected within the states at the local level. The automated payment transaction tax does that. It also applies to all stock currency and cyber transactions, which means it explodes the amount of available money while eliminating personal income taxes and uh, and all other uh, weird taxes that are used by Congress. Basically, Congress uses the tax code to set up roadblocks that people can then bribe their way out of. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something most people don't understand. The, the reason the tax code is so complicated is because that is how Congress extorts money from everybody else. Um, so I, I think the Constitution is absolutely fundamental, and I would love to see the president eventually educate the public to where we could have a constitutional convention late in his second term. Um, I do believe the Constitution has been misinterpreted by, by activist liberal courts, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons I like Judge Napolitano so much. He is actually a constitutional lawyer. I think there's no question that that's the case. Uh, let's kind of shift gears for a second. I want to talk about the um, Roger Stone arrest in a little more detail. <laughs> uh, I did a podcast on that a little earlier, and I'm sure I left out some things. But is uh, I heard Alex Jones say in a clip, more resources devoted to taking him down than Osama bin Laden. And it's my understanding he doesn't own a gun. 
He doesn't have a valid passport, and the only companion in the house was his wife, who's nearly deaf. Um, how could this 70-plus-year-old man warrant 29 federal agents, boats behind his house, helicopters above his house, and having automatic weapons pointed at him? Well, Bill Binney's a friend of mine. Bill Binney is a double amputee, <clears throat> okay? Bill is the, the senior executive <clears throat> service officer who reported the National Security Agency for violating the Constitution and violating all known applicable regulations. Uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation crashed into Binney's house and pointed a gun at him while he was in the shower. No. This is a double amputee, okay? What Mueller authorized in relation to Roger Stone should see him facing charges. That was an abuse of process of the first order. It is offensive to me uh, to see that not only did Mueller abuse process and waste dollars and, and absolutely act in the, in the worst interest of the U.S. government, but he tipped off CNN. And so this was clearly a, a Democratic mole operation against the president in which Mueller was complicit. And I think that there ought to be an investigation into exactly how this was ordered, who signed off on it, how CNN got involved. This is easily uh, worthy of charges within the federal system. Okay, so back to my earlier point, why doesn't Trump fire Mueller and end the phony Russian collusion delusion investigation once and for all? Well, you know, I I have to say that I have to respect what the president knows that I don't know. Um, and it's very possible that Mueller is being allowed to exist because the president is doing some things that will take down the Clintons and Nancy Pelosi and around 40 Democrats, which, by the way, if if the president indicts 40 Democrats, that means 40 special elections and that means we can take the House back. Um, there's a lot going on in the background that I'm not privy to, but I can sense that it's happening. Now, let me make a point about Robert Mueller. I believe Robert Mueller should be investigated, indicted and convicted of treason because as director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, his sole significant responsibility was to obstruct justice and not allow 9-11 to be investigated and cover up for Dick Cheney and the Zionists who did 9-11. The memos that I delivered to the president on the 8th of August, the um, it's called... Um, 9-11 Truth Memorandums for the President. Your listeners can find it at uh, tinyurl.com forward slash 911-POTUS, P-O-T-U-S. Those memos make it absolutely crystal clear that beginning in 1988, the Zionists planned 9-11 as a commercial insurance fraud, and then Dick Cheney morphed it into a terrorist incident as a pretext for war. Now, remember that the Twin Towers were owned by the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. The governors of New York and New Jersey, the Port Authority, and the mayors of New York City, including Rudy Giuliani, after the fact, were all complicit in 9-11 and its cover-up. As director of the FBI, Robert Mueller, in my judgment, committed the single greatest act of treason against America other than 9-11 itself. 
okay i i grant you this and i've walked down uh oh god i forget the guy's name the guy the guy who benefited from the insurance larry larry silverstein thank you, know, you thank you larry silverstein bought the building three months before 9 11 the zionists were occupying the building for years before 9 11 this whole thing was designed going back years um and, and this is another troubling thing. Bill Binney and I have lunch once a month, and, and we have a deep understanding of what's in the NSA databases. If the president, and we wrote, a, we actually wrote, Bill and I wrote a letter to the secretary, uh, to um, Jeff, Jefferson Sessions when he was attorney general. And we, we tried to explain to Sessions and the president how they could use the NSA database to basically nail down the entire Zionist network associated with 9-11. It's possible that the president has taken action on that and is waiting for the right moment to to do the public indictments. But I will tell you, Dave, with absolute certainty, NSA has in its database every email and every the United States of America, as well as most of the world, going back 15 years. And using Bill Binney's Thin Thread, which is now a commercial product offered by a company called Pretty Good Knowledge based in the Netherlands, Bill Binney's thin thread could show the president almost overnight at almost no cost the entire network of people associated with the false flag operation known as 9-11. It could also show all of the corrupt bankers and it could show all of the people in the U.S. government who are taking bribes beyond their salaries. NSA doesn't give the president that because NSA is in the business of keeping the money moving. Interesting. Very interesting way to put it, keeping the money moving. I want to return to Robert Mueller just for a second. On my website at thecommonsenseshow.com, I published two documents, one Russian, one American, State Department, that list Robert Mueller as being on the team that delivered the first batch of highly enriched uranium to the Russians. Are you aware of that? Hello? We just went through another cutout. <laughs> yep, this is very interesting. I it guess is. someone doesn't like me talking about Mueller. No, l- l- let me go back to Mueller for a second, and I-, and I apologize for this. I have put a second connection on this, and I guess it- they learned how to override it very quickly. Anyway, r- I have on my website at thecommonsenseshow.com two documents, one Russian, one State Department, that both name Robert Mueller as delivering the highly enriched uranium, the first batch, to the Russians. Are you aware of that? Mm-hmm. Why does uh, it Yeah, I am. Uh, look, and, and I, I just don't understand, frankly. I really don't understand. I, I, I look at this and I'm saying, Robert, correct me if I'm wrong, but from my layman's position as a talk show host, this is low-hanging fruit. It's right there. It, it, at least it involves a grand jury investigation. I, I agree with you, Dave. And all I can do to be loyal to the Constitution is point out that Robert Mueller covered up 9-11. He obstructed justice. He refused to investigate 9-11 properly. He basically served as an agent of a foreign power, the Zionist state of Israel, during his entire tenure as director of the FBI. If that isn't indictable, I don't know what is. Well, and there's one more thing. 
his connection with the um, mafia gangster, I think Whitey Bludger, I think was his name. Yeah, and, and his uh, murder when he was transferred. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, this guy's cavorting with criminals to advance his own career to gain arrests at lower levels. Meanwhile, this guy's stealing, dealing, and murdering. Well, it's also possible that Mueller had something to do with the murder of, of Whitey, who was transferred from one prison to another precisely to enable him to be murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I mentioned that, too. I covered that as well. I, I hate to say this, <laughs> this phrase, great minds think alike, but the evidence is hanging out there. I mean, I worked harder on graduate school program papers that I have to to uncover this stuff. This is like child's play to me. It's got to be child's play to you times 10. Well, I, I agree. And, and again, there's a lot of people that say trust the plan. And I mean, I know Mike Flynn and I like Mike Flynn. Um, and I do believe that there are some decent people surrounding Trump. And I do believe that after I, what I'm told is that 9-11 is what shook the the uh, the deeply loyal patriots in the national security community. 9-11 caught them by surprise, which it should not have, because Abel Danger found the, the uh, patsies ahead of time. George Tenet was actually a very active cover-upper. Uh, he and the FBI raided the offices of Abel Danger and confiscated all of their findings prior to 9-11. Dick Cheney was told by 13 different countries prior to 9-11, months prior to 9-11. And Dick Cheney's reaction was to schedule a national counterterrorism exercise for the day so that he could take it over and make sure that it went off without a hitch. Um, The man that should be under deep interrogation right now is named Dick Cheney. Um, And I personally believe that President Trump has to bring Dick Cheney to justice in order to get the public to accept President Trump's bringing the Clintons to justice. Okay, let's play a what-if game. You're the president's chief advisor. Who do you tell him to go after first and why? Dick Cheney. It's a no-brainer. The reason is that Trump was only elected by 27% of the eligible voters. Uh, Barack Obama was elected by 26%. Um, Only 50% of the voters essentially voted. Uh, The other 50% have given up because they know it's a rigged system. And in fact, Trump would not have won. He was not expected to win. But because Hillary Clinton was so obvious about stealing 13 primaries from Bernie Sanders with Bernie Sanders' abject complicity, uh, we were able to stop her theft of 13 uh, states in the general election. Um, I think Dick Cheney and 9-11, and when I say 9-11, I'm really talking about the Zionist uh, grip on Congress, the Zionist grip on the economy. Most people don't realize that the Zionists have a two-edged benefit from controlling communications and computing in the United States of America. And this all started in the 1980s with with Robert uh, Maxwell, who uh, proliferated a software program called Promise. And then when Chertoff, who I believe is a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen, was Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, he basically made it possible for the Zionists to own all of the basement software across U.S. law enforcement, across the country. Um, But they also do a lot of insider trading. 
They basically are as good as NSA. In fact, they have NSA completely penetrated. And so they're doing insider trader on the economy. Uh, they are blackmailing congressmen. Uh, they've got Jeffrey Epstein running pedophilia entrapment operations. Uh, and Jeffrey Epstein is one of perhaps a hundred. He's just the most obvious one. Um, when you so say entrapment think- operations, let me let me point out the obvious so the average listener may not know. I'm a congressman. I get invited for a holiday to Epstein's Island. Right. They set me up with all kinds of little favors, most of which are illegal. And they get that on videotape and they record it and they use it to blackmail me for the length of my service. Yeah, but let me be a little bit more specific because as a spy, I was somewhat familiar with how we do this. What happens is a congressman who is not a pedophile is taken to what we call a no-name hotel in New York or Washington, and they get drunk, and they basically are given a 30-year-old legal-age blonde to go to bed with. And somewhere in the middle of the night, they get drugged and the blonde is switched out and a 12-year-old girl is brought in who's been basically tortured and trained. And they get the congressman on video doing horrible things to a 12-year-old girl. That's how you entrap people. Yes. I have heard this before by my late friend Bill Pollack, who did intelligence community work as a contract agent. I've heard the exact same thing. In fact, uh, Nick Bryant, have you ever heard of him? He wrote, um, well, his book jumps out of my name, he, uh, the book about Boys Town and the complicit... Uh, um, yeah, and, and you know, uh, one of the things, I mean, I'm, I'm a commissioner and a chief counsel on the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into Human Trafficking and Child yes. Sex Abuse, and we did the London seating. And at net, people can click on the badge. I carry one of 12 badges. It's unique in the world. Um, and they can click on the badge and they can see the London seating videos. Uh, look, this pedophilia stuff is pervasive. And it's not just the Catholic Church. The Mormon Church, um, the Muslims, uh, the uh, Christian Zionists, this is all over the place. Uh, and unfortunately, it also blends over into what we call murderous pedophilia. These children have a two-year expiration date. Uh, and one of the really horrible things is that the, the the number of children who are entered into the pedophilia circuit, they're undocumented. Nobody misses them. Uh, and they can basically be incinerated when they're done with them. Uh, they can be killed in satanic rituals, and then the body's completely disposed of in a friendly incinerator. Uh, so I'm I'm really troubled by the fact that the, the U.S. law enforcement community and, and the international law enforcement community and Scotland Yard explicitly have all been trained and ordered and bribed to turn a blind eye to pedophilia for the last 20 or 30 years. I'm just baffled that it could have got this far. Well, you know, the, the, the deep state knows what it's doing. And I believe that Americans and others have written about this more powerfully, including Carol Quigley and, and uh, you know, Triumph and Tragedy and so forth. I mean, people have written about this. I believe that America has been under ideological, cultural and moral attack since at least 19, the 1920s. The Great Depression was planned by the banks, and it was carried off with the complicity of of Democratic President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Uh, My friend Wayne Jett has written the the perfect book on this. It's called uh, The Fruits of Graft. 
The Fruits of Graft documents incontrovertibly that the banks did the Great Depression to achieve three objectives. To destroy the middle class that was rising and demanding political power, to buy up America at depression-level prices and concentrate wealth further, and to consolidate their control over the federal government. Ever since then, every act of government has essentially been directed from Wall Street. Uh, And the two-party tyranny, and the reason I'm an activist for election reform is I decided around 2002 that we would never get an honest government in the service of the public until we took care of the two-party tyranny. The two-party tyranny is what enables the deep state and the shadow government to loot the public treasury and to treat U.S. citizens as disposable farm animals. So we have to have election reform. And let me just make one quick point here. Because of the activism of Cynthia McKinney, who I consider to be a goddess, I hope she runs for president as a Democrat. She's She's got more, she, she craps more ethics than Kamala Harris will ever have in her lifetime uh, in a single day. Um, Cynthia McKinney is the epitome of an ethical person. Um, nah, the same cannot be said of Kamala Harris or any of the other Democratic candidates. Um, but we actually put together 12 election reform items. Now, H.R. 1, I think they're starting to hear us because H.R. 1, sponsored by Nancy Pelosi, is allegedly about electoral reform. Well, let me tell your listeners what H.R. 1 does. It federalizes and privatizes the drawing of congressional districts. Think Diebold on steroids. It moves the the management of district boundaries into private hands. Oh, no. Oh, wait, it gets better. And the second thing, and Cynthia McKinney was the one who drew my attention to this, the second thing that H.R. 1 does is it sets the stage for non-citizens to be full voters at the state, federal, and local level. Well, did you see we're in Texas, and I suspect some of this is here, and I don't know how they got it done. 98,000 illegal aliens on the voting uh, rolls and 58,000 of them voted in the last presidential election. Oh, look, my my friend Greg Phillips, a CEO uh, from Alabama, uh, has documented that 3 million illegal aliens voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. She did not actually win the popular vote if you if you subtract all of the fraud. It, it, I feel like we're battling a tsunami and we're trying to bail out the water with a, tea, a teaspoon. I, I just, it just overwhelmed well, let me. Well, let me give you a more positive point of view because I, I wrote an article which is rocketing around the world. It's been published in, in, in Russia as well as Iran and it was published in Veterans Today here in the United States. Uh, and, the, and the title of this, this article is, uh, is Who's Winning, Trump or Pelosi? And I lay it all out there, and from where I sit, Donald Trump is winning, and no, he did not uh, cave on the wall. He took a strategic pause. Um, You and I talked about this before the program started. Donald Trump understood that the Super Bowl is happening in one week and that the collateral damage at the airports with TSA and the air traffic controllers was getting to, to a breaking point. This is a strategic pause, and and one of my favorite cabinet people, who's now the chief of staff, uh, the former director of OMB, or I guess he's still the director of OMB, he said Trump is ready to do a shutdown immediately after the Super Bowl. Well, he said- oh, I'm sorry. One more really important point. Nancy Pelosi has said that she refuses to let him deliver the State of the Union in the House 
on Tuesday as it is scheduled to be. If I were the president's advisor, I would say, Mr. President, the hell with Congress, deliver the State of the Union to the American people and never again return to the House. Well, I agree. And if Pelosi opposes him, arrest her for obstruction of illegal federal activity. I don't think, you know, I, I think that's that's that would be down there with Mueller's uh, theatrics. I think Nancy Pelosi is legitimately indictable for documented crimes, including uh, taking uh, multi-million dollar bribes. I mean, this is a woman who is worth $200 million after 30 years on a government salary. What did you say that amount was? Two hundred million. It might be one ninety-eight. So almost two hundred million dollars. She's worth almost two hundred million. And by the way, her family goes back to the mafia. Yeah, I know. Uh, in right. the nineteen thirties. Yeah. Yes. In fact, before that, I've traced this. Delisandro's contacts go. He was a congressman, by the way, kind of ironic, and the mayor of Baltimore. But his contacts go into the Gambino family, and that portion of the Gambino family is tied into the black nobility. That ties back into the Rothschilds. You want to talk about Zionists? There you go. Yeah, and well, actually, you're raising an important point because one of the one of the cool things about being me is that I hear from a lot of really neat people, and I've started to attract inputs. Actually, it started about a year ago. I've started to attract inputs from retired senior intelligence officers who are ashamed of their past and and want to make it right. And one of them has told me that one of the things people don't seem to understand is that Israel was created partly to give Russian crime families an operating base uh, after World War II. Uh, And there is something called the Red Mafia. There's a book that I'm about to review. And what's not in the book, it's actually a very disappointing book, what's not in the book is that the Zionists created Russia in in a lot of ways. I mean, Lenin can be seen to have been a Zionist agent, just as Hitler can be seen as having been a Zionist agent. Wars are good for Zionists and the banks. They're not good for the American public. And that's why Donald Trump, God bless him, is on the right track when he says we've spent $7 trillion in the Middle East and we have nothing to show for it. It's time he got off the Zionist train. Um, But the Russians, Israelis, and Americans that are part of the Red Mafia tend to have citizenship in all three countries, and the leaders tend to have diplomatic passports. Yeah, and you know what? We're going to leave this as a hanging point because we're at the end of our first hour. And when we come back, I want to definitely start right here with the, uh, well, basically, what is it, triple citizenship? That's incredible. You shouldn't be allowed to serve when that happens. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been speaking with Robert David Steele, formerly of the CIA. We're going to be back for another hour after the break. I just want to remind everybody that the last portion of this program is brought to you by ReadyMadeResources.com. For all your prepping needs, night vision, you name it, they got it. Go to ReadyMadeResources.com, and Bob Griswold will consult with you for your needs, on your needs, for free. Stay tuned. We'll be back in our number two. Robert, you'll have a few minutes to get take a break, get okay. a drink of water, and uh, we'll be back. All right. Thank you. 